Well, good morning, church. How we doing? Want to wish you all a very happy Father's Day. Want to also say that you guys are awesome. So last week, as we started into this Psalm series, I invited you to email me. My email address is on the back of the bulletin. But email me the questions, the insights that you had as you read Psalm 78. And I got a number of really awesome emails. Insights in the passage that were far deeper than my own. And so next week we are in Psalms 23. Please keep the emails coming. And also next week we will be sharing the Lord's Supper together. So we have that to look forward to. Hmm, that's interesting. Those are words that you do not want to hear from the x-ray tech who is looking at your shoulder. But that's exactly what I got two years ago from a tech who was taking snapshots of my my right shoulder. And so when I say to the x-ray tech, so what does that mean? They backpedaled a little bit and said, your shoulder's got an interesting structure which is code for, man, your shoulder is jacked up. So here's my shoulder story. So my my shoulder has been glitchy for years. And eventually I said something to a doctor who said, ah, you're getting older, take some ibuprofen and move on. And I wasn't really satisfied with that answer. So as my shoulder got worse, I pushed the issue and eventually they sent me to physical therapy and I did that for a number of weeks but my shoulder never got better. And so I went back to my primary care physician and said, yeah, that's not working. And so they sent me to a consultation with an orthopedic surgeon who said, let's x-ray the thing to see what, to see what we're actually dealing with. It's a genius idea to where I would have started in the first place. But he said, by taking that x-ray, we can see what is really going on. And what it turned out to be is that I have pretty major arthritis, bone-on-bone contact in my right shoulder. So after years of dealing with a glitchy shoulder, it wasn't until those x-rays, it wasn't until that diagnostic was performed that I got insight into what was really going on inside my shoulder joint. This morning, we are going to be in Psalm 78. And the thing that you have to know about Psalm 78 is that Psalm 78 is an x-ray. Psalm 78 is a diagnostic. The psalmist is giving us this diagnostic of the patterns of a people. The psalmist in Psalm 78 literally steps outside of hundreds of years of history and says, hey, let's take a step back and let's look at what's happening here. Let's look at what we're doing. And so in that way, Psalm 78 gives us a snapshot of some recurring patterns. And I wonder how it works for you. How do you take a step back to see the patterns Right, both, both the good and the bad, but how do you see the patterns in your life? So that's a question that we're going to come back to in a few moments, but before we get there, I want us to read our scripture for this morning, and this morning I've asked Jane Lover to come and to pray for us and to read for us, 
And as Jane comes, the thing that you have to realize about Psalm 78 is that it is big. It is some 72 verses big, yet by looking at our passage this morning, Psalm 78 verses 5 through 8, and then verses 32 through 39, these 11 verses give us a summary of the entire psalm. These 11 verses give us the pattern that Psalm 78 points to. Jane? You're allowed to come up here. (laughs) Good morning. Will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come before you to thank you so much for this day's life and to thank you for all the good and precious gifts you bestow upon us each and every day. Father, we ask that you open our hearts and our minds to what you want us to hear and take into our spiritual bodies, Father. Be with Brian as he gives his sermon. Guide and direct our every step. And Father, if there's any unspoken sin that we have, let us confess it before you, Father, and not be like the stubborn Israelites. We pray all these things and give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory this day in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I'm reading Psalm 78, 5 to 8, and 32 to 39. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children, so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, would teach their own children, so each generation should set its hopes anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. And 32, but in spite of this, the people kept sinning. Despite his wonders, they refused to trust him, So he ended their lives in failure, their years in terror. When God began killing them, they finally sought him. They repented and took God seriously. Then they remembered that God was their rock, that God Most High was their Redeemer. But all they gave him was lip service. They lied to him with their tongues Their hearts were not loyal to him. They did not keep his covenant. Yet he was merciful and forgave their sins and did not destroy them all. Many times he held back his anger and did not unleash his fury. For he remembered that they were merely mortal, gone like a breath of wind that never returns. Thank you, Jane. The pattern that Psalm 78 gives us, the pattern that we can see in those verses that Jane just read is this. God provides, 
People push back, people rebel. God punishes and God responds with grace. And my favorite definition of grace is one-way love. It is a love that we do not deserve. It is a love that we cannot repay. And so grace really is a one-way love from God to us. But before we start to tear apart this scripture, let me come back to that question that I asked you just before we read. This is where I'm going to need your help. So in your life, how do you take a step back to see the patterns, both the good patterns and the bad patterns, but how do you see the, batter, the patterns in your life? Help me out with this one. So Sean says to look at the life of, of the family that, that he came out of to evaluate what was good, what was bad there. What else? We must be shy this morning. Yeah, so Jan is saying friends. So somebody called out in first service, they yelled out, your wife, right? Your wife, your husband will point out things. We, we kind of call that friends, right? People who will speak truth into your life. Maybe we call that accountability. Someone who truly loves you, but is not afraid to call you out when you're being an idiot. I also want to throw onto this list, Jesus-centered counseling. A couple of of months ago I actually jumped into counseling for myself and sometimes there's a stigma against counseling but if you can get yourself into Jesus-centered counseling it is such a gift in that you can share and talk to someone who can help you figure out where you're at and where it is that you need to go and so these are some of the ways that we step back to see the patterns in our own lives both good and bad And the pattern that we're looking at this morning, coming out of Psalm 78, and again, that pattern is God provides and people rebel and God punishes, but then God responds with a one-way love. And we can see the details of that pattern if we answer the question, what does Psalm 78 verses 5 through 8 and 32 through 39 tell us about us? What does Psalm 78 tell us about mankind? What does Psalm 78 tell us about the, the people that the psalmist is describing? What does Psalm 78 tell us about you and I? What are we like? And I made a list for us, and I have that list for us. And again, I said this last week. I'll say it again this week. Even though we do have the the words up on the screen as we read our scripture passage, I invite you to bring your Bible because we will be moving around and doing a lot of work with the text. And if you say, Brian, yeah, you told me that and I forgot, don't worry, I've got your back because the words are in our bulletin this week as well. So Psalm 78, what does Psalm 78 tell us about us? What are we like? We have received God's instructions. Last week we also mentioned that the thing about God's instructions, God's laws, is the instructions tell us about the heart of the instruction giver. 
right? God's word tells us about him, what God is like, what God is up to. God's instructions tell us how life is lived best, but the thing about those instructions is that we have a hard time following those instructions. We need help, but more on that later. We are called to share those instructions so that we we set our hope on God, that we don't forget him, that we obey him. Psalm 78 describes us as being stubborn and rebellious and unfaithful, refusing to give our hearts to God. Despite God's judgment, God's punishment, we continue in sin. We refuse to trust God. Finally, we remember. Finally, we repent, but that is short-lived. Described in Psalm 70 as being lip service, not loyal. And on this list, I wonder if there's anything on this list that is hard for you. Maybe you'd say, Brian, there's some pretty dark stuff in there. Right? The the, the part of the list that says that people are stubborn and rebellious and unfaithful and refusing to trust God, not loyal. That is some pretty dark stuff, but my question back to you would be, is it accurate? Because according to scripture, it is. Jeremiah 17, 9, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. As that passage goes on, as Paul writes in Romans chapter 3, Paul is pulling these words from Psalm 14, Psalm 53, Isaiah 59, Psalm 36. But even outside of Scripture, pick up a newspaper recently, look at your news feed recently. You tell me, is the dark stuff depicted in Psalm 78, is it an accurate description, not just of these people that the psalmist is talking about, but is it an accurate description of us? Is it an accurate description of you? Because that dark, ugly stuff just isn't in our scripture. It's not just out there. That dark, ugly stuff isn't here. That dark, ugly stuff is inside of our hearts. See, that pattern that Psalms 78 gives us, that God provides, that people rebel, that God punishes, that God responds with one-way love, that pattern really is a crazy cycle. Crazy because our sin leads to pain, but we will not get off the merry-go-round of sin. Even beyond Psalm 78, this pattern, this crazy cycle, despite God's leading, despite God's protection, despite God's provision for his people, these people continually disobey him and incur God's punishment. And so that God responds in punishment, maybe that is hard for you. So often we focus on God as a God of love and of grace and of mercy. And all of those things are absolutely true, yet we cannot forget that God is at the same time the God of sinless perfection. 
The God is the God of white hot purity. The God is, is, is the God of holiness. The God is the God of righteousness who will not, who cannot simply overlook our disobedience, our sin. That the sin must be dealt with and maybe that is hard for you but realize that the truth in Psalm 78 The truth that we see here is a lot like the truth of the x-ray of my shoulder. See, the value of that x-ray, the value of that diagnostic is that I know exactly what is wrong. And in knowing exactly what is wrong, it's not that I'm simply getting older and a few ibuprofen is going to fix my shoulder. It's not something that physical therapy is going to fix. It's not something that a cortisone shot is going to fix. See, because I know exactly what is wrong, I know exactly what I need. And the thing that I need is a new shoulder. I need a shoulder replacement. But because I know exactly what is wrong, it puts me on the path to a real fix. And so that brings us to my next question What do these verses tell us about our real fix? What does Psalm 78 tell us about God? What is God like? The list that we have is that God gives us instructions. And because God reaches out to us, God is knowable. God is a source of hope. God is a God of miracles. God punishes disobedience, which means that God is just because you need, you want a God of justice. God is a rock. God is a redeemer. God is merciful. God forgives sin. God holds back his anger. God remembers our frailty. And so, so God, yes, punishing sin, yes, punishing disobedience, yet merciful, forgiving, remembering our frailty. The real pattern that we see in Psalm 78 is God's faithful character. And so if we go back to that crazy cycle, that pattern that we see in Psalm 78, God provides, people rebel, God punishes, God responds with grace, with one-way love. What ends the crazy cycle of God providing, people rebelling, God punishing? What is the solution? Well, to see that, we've got to look at how Psalm 78 ends, right? This was not part of your reading, but to not show you this, is really missing the point altogether. So if we jump to Psalm 78, starting in verse 67, here's what we see. But he, God, rejected Joseph's descendants. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. He chose instead the tribe of Judah and Mount Zion, which he loved. There he built a sanctuary as high as the heavens, as solid and enduring as the earth. He chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ewes and lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants. God's own people, Israel, he cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. And so we have to understand this. So after giving us this x-ray, after running this diagnostic that points to this recurring sin problem, the way that Psalm 78 lands 
is by pointing out that God gives these people a king. Psalm 78 jumps ahead in history and lands at King David. And while King David is the immediate context, when we look at what allows us to step out of, step away from the crazy cycle of sin, our answer too is a king. It's not King David, but it is a forever king. It is King Jesus. It is the one through which God's grace, his one-way love gets gifted to us. It is through Christ. And the answer to those parts of Psalm 78 that might be hard for you, the hard parts that talk to our being stubborn and our being rebellious and our being unfaithful, the hard parts that talk to a God who will not, who cannot simply overlook our disobedience, our sin, that sin must be punished, that sin must be dealt with. How does God reconcile those hard parts? The way that he does that is he gives us a forever king in King Jesus. The God's punishment that God's judgment poured out on Jesus for your sin, for your rebellion, for your unfaithfulness, for your refusal to trust him, and that instead you get mercy and the forgiveness that we see in verse 38. And so Psalm 78 is a diagnostic. It is an x-ray that points out that the human heart needs Christ. It's an x-ray that points to God's unending faithfulness. Psalm 78 ultimately points to Jesus. This morning I opened with the question, how do you take a step back to see the patterns, both good and bad, in your life? So let me ask you a follow-up to that. And again, I'm going to need your help. And the question is this, if you'll find ways... We talked about what some of those ways were, but if you'll find ways to take a step back to see the patterns in your life, what will you gain? The floor is yours. Clarity. Clarity. Awesome answer. What's that? Freedom. What's that? Perspective. Wisdom, patience, right? I want to come back to perspective for a second. So the clarity that you get allows us to see those areas in our life where there is sin with, in which there is disobedience. And that brings us to a crossroads. What will I do with that? Allows us to be purposeful with our lives. Allows us to see the futility of our sin, that disobedience is a dead end. One of the things that Psalm 78 talks to is the ability to share the lessons that we're learning with those around us. If we will share those lessons, the impact that those lessons can have on future generations and for our families, that is huge. 
But ultimately, I think the answer lies in the fact that, that, that as we step back, the thing that we gain is a clarity, a perspective to see how our forever king, how Christ meets us at our point of need. And if you can't see that this morning, I invite you to get next to someone who can help you to see that. This morning, we're going to close with a song in Christ alone. And the words, some of the words that we'll sing are this. Till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid here in the death of Christ. I live. There in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. For I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. This morning, if Psalm 78 is a diagnostic, If Psalm 78 is an x-ray, my final question for us is this. What will you do to see the patterns in your life? And most importantly, what will you do to more clearly see King Jesus? Let's pray. Father, this morning, that question, what will we do to more clearly see Jesus? is the question that, that I wrestle with for us as a church all the time. Because our reality is this. We walked into this room consumed by the week that was, consumed by the week that we are about to step into, consumed with our stuff, but may we leave this space consumed by you. Consumed by the fact that, that yes, we, we are rebellious. Yes, our, our hearts do wander. Yes, we have a hard time trusting you, but you meet us in that space with your love and your mercy and your forgiveness that is ours through Jesus. May we move forward in this week realizing that we need you at every point, every moment. May we move forward in Christ alone. We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.